0: Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5a. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she, who is in labor, bears a son, and the rest of us, his brothers, return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And he will be our peace. This is the word of the Lord.
2: In our reading from Luke today, a young woman is visited by an angel. Do not fear, Gabriel says, for you, Mary, are like your cousin Elizabeth are pregnant with child. Mary draws near to her cousin and is encouraged by her presence and the presence of the angel. Let us now, here in this place, draw near as we hear Mary speak, as we hear Mary sing. My soul magnifies the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. It wasn't too long ago when a young boy decided to upload a video of himself singing on guitar. Yes, I was trying to be like Justin Bieber. But unlike him, I'm still waiting for double-digit followers on my YouTube account. Hint, hint while he's getting double-digit hits and making millions. Who can resist such a rags-to-riches story? It's tied up in the American dream, even if Justin Bieber is Canadian. (laughs) I wonder if Mary would upload her song to YouTube if she lived today. Perhaps she does the next best thing, sharing it with a close friend, a cousin, Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with child. When Elizabeth sees Mary, she declares that she, Mary, is blessed, for she believed what would be fulfilled by what the Lord said. American poet Clarissa Estes states, Talking is the voice of human. Singing is the voice of soul. And Mary's response is no less than bursting into song. I'm talking about the type of song that you might sing in the shower, belting it out loud. I'm talking about singing it in the rain. I'm talking about purple mountain majesties and amber waves of grain. This is soul singing, and Mary isn't holding back. And the, this is the longest set of words spoken by a woman in the New Testament. It's the basis of our first Christmas carol that was ever composed. Mary has had an epiphany. Her son's birth would change history. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Will this Prince of Peace really make us one body? Can Jesus really unite all people? When we listen to Mary's song, we don't necessarily hear reconciling words. Instead, we hear about God bringing down the lofty from their thrones, uplifting the lowly from the ground, of feeding the hungry, and yet sending away empty those who have plenty. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian who was executed by the Nazis, called Mary's song, the Magnificat, the most passionate, the wildest, perhaps the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. Indeed, the Magnificat has been viewed throughout history as quite dangerous by people in power, Certain countries, such as India, Guatemala, and Argentina, have outright banned the Magnificat from being recited in liturgy or in public. How can we sing of reconciliation when Mary is singing of toppling over rulers and sending the rich away empty? In our society, we know the divisions are all too real between red states and blue states, between the haves and have-nots, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, hashtag MeToo, hashtag Time is Up. Isn't there enough division already in our society? When Mary sides with the poor, isn't she just lighting the keg that will ignite the revolution? When I lived in Kenya, I worked with disaster relief agencies. Whenever there's a disaster, there's good people who want to distribute food and necessary supplies to those in need. The question was always, how do we do it fairly? The government would do it the most fair they saw, that each person would get their equal share. Based on the household and how many people were in the household, each would get equal. Fair, right? And yet when the churches were distributing food from donations they received... They often didn't have as much as the government. And they started with the least of these. They started with the widows and the orphans, the strangers and the immigrant. Was the government right to do a fair distribution? Perhaps so. But there is a difference between doing what is right and doing what is righteous. Between being fair and being graciously Unfair. As the church, we follow Jesus, the one who is graciously unfair, the one who guides us in the ways of love. Who is this Jesus? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
3: Come now, O God, Reconcile all people.
2: Mary longs too to reconcile all people under the one true God. Mary knows that her God is graciously unfair to her and to her kind. Who is she after all? Young, female, as yet unmarried. Who is she to bear the Son of God, the Son of Man? Furthermore, childbirth is no laughing matter. She could easily die. She knows the stories of her ancestor Rachel, who would birth Benjamin, the last of the twelve sons of Jacob, the last of the twelve tribes of Israel. She would give birth on her way to Bethlehem at a place called Ephrathah, which means fruitful in our passage today in Micah. Both Mary and Micah know that this place means fruitful, and yet they also know that it costs Rachel her life. Did Mary believe that her son would cost her life? Did she believe that her son would be the one who called all the brothers back home again, the twelve tribes of Israel, to return home? Will her child really be the shepherd that gathers all of the lost sheep. Fear must have been swirling around Mary as it does us today. Fear is a great motivator. And yet we do not light the candle of fear today, but the candle of love. For love is what sustains us. Fear threatens to divide and disconnect us. And yet it is love that will unite and connect us. Mary chooses to light her candle of love, her candle of connection. Mary feels the Spirit of God welling up from deep within her being. And she feels this truth. Love begins here. In the deepest, darkest place, the tidal wave of love begins here. With the widow and the orphan, the tsunami of love begins here. With the lowliest of low persons, this is where love begins. Our world is constantly worried about leaders at the top and how they will manage us, those of us down below. And yet the kingdom of God wells up from the bottom up. When we have no room for God's only son... God makes room for his son in a manger, the feeding trough of animals. God chooses to be born into the hands of an inexperienced teenage mother. God trusts that kind of love. And it is this love that wells from the bottom, that lifts not only all ships, but all souls. And it's the lowliest of the low, that will travel the furthest. This tidal wave of love begins in a major, rises to the heavens like a musical crescendo. That is soul singing. This is Mary's Sunday. The world is pregnant with possibility. Are you looking in the lowliest of places? Perhaps you find yourself there now. Will you trust this love that got Mary through childbirth and on to see her son be savior of the world? Will you trust that love and sing your own song? Will you wonder with me, who is this God who begins with our deepest desires before lifting us to our highest hopes? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
3: Come, hope of unity, make us one body. Come, oh Lord Jesus, reconcile all peace.
2: In a moment, we will stand and sing together. Science tells us that we will also breathe together. Even our hearts will start beating together when we sing in unison. Mary's song is revolutionary, not because it sows further division, but because it initiates us all into that tidal wave of love, lifting all of us up into the glorious heavens by the glory of God and the power of God's Son beginning with the least of these. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Like Mary, we offer our hopes for the world with boldness. So please join your hearts with mine as I open our prayer and then add your voices as well, as together we pray, hear us, O God, and respond with your mercy is great. So let's practice that one time. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Holy God, you reveal yourself in so many ways, especially in your Son, Jesus Christ. We gather up the prayers of this community for the church, the world, and all in need, confident that you know our deepest thoughts and will refresh our spirits. We pray in the name of the one who transforms principalities and powers and renews the heavens and the earth, Christ our Savior. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. For the church, for our siblings in Christ who gather as we do on this day all over the world, in house churches, in storefronts, on reservations, in townships, in base communities, among immigrants, in hospitals, and prisons, and with people who are dying, wherever the church is found, empower its witness to strengthen and stretch the vision of your people. Hear us, O God, your mercy mercy is great. great. For the earth and all creatures, for the healing and well tending of all that you have made, for the water and air, soil and stars, for all living beings within them, show us their beauty and our need for them. Hear us, O God, your Your mercy mercy is great. great. For an end to violence, oppression, and injustice, for all who sing with Mary a song of joy for deliverance, For all people who long to hear your promise of good news. For peacemakers. For governments that hold at the heart of their work the needs of people otherwise invisible. For all people left homeless and destitute by the greed of others. Lead your people from darkness to light. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For Mary and Joseph of every day and in every land. For children who will be born today and especially for those born into hunger and insecurity. Let the light of your desire for human flourishing shine through all children. Hear us, O God. Your Your mercy is is great. For those we hold dear and those who have asked for our prayers, for everyone who is in any need today, for the lonely, for all who are anxious at this time of year, for those in nursing homes, for people who cannot find work, and for those whose work is not life-giving for them, and for those we name now in our hearts. Hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. Last, for our own lives, we pray that Mary's song of joy and Joseph's loyalty will be magnified in us. Fill us with the breath of Advent, Stir us to reach out in love beyond what we thought possible. Show us that, like Mary, we need not fear. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We remember with thanksgiving the faithful who have gone before us and those we miss especially at this time. As your light shines on us through them, guide us by your love even in the midst of our darkest grief. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. And now, with the whole church, we join in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another Sermon from First Press.